Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Is that all right this morning? Pastor Steve didn't realize this, but uh, when he talked about there at the end, he said, if you are thirsty, if you are dehydrated in the Spirit and you're needing more of the Lord... That's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. Ask the person next to you, say, are you dehydrated? Well, I want to talk to you about that today. And I mean spiritually hydrated. And we've been talking about revival. And how last week I explained there's a difference between revival and church. And when revival comes, church goes. Church being the man-made gatherings that we do, kind of like structural and dead and dry and just ceremonious and... And just really no life in it. God doesn't want that to happen. He wants a group of believers that love him and are passionate for him. And that's what revival is. And that's what I believe God is preparing our church for and our community and could be our nation for. Revival always comes in the heels of a dark time and a time of division and hurting. The world is looking for someone to take the lead. And I believe it's the church's finest hour to be able to stand up in, in, in the face of darkness and criticism and division and fear of what's going on in the world today. That we would stand up as the church of Jesus Christ and say, hey, follow me. I know a person that can answer our needs. His name is Jesus. He has the answer that you've been looking for. That's revival. That Revival means to awaken, to live again. And when we have a revival in our heart, when we experience newness in, in, in a life again, it, it affects every area of our life. Maybe you have a marriage that needs to be revived. Maybe you just need to be revived as an individual. Spiritually, you're just dead and dry. Well, uh, you need revival. And that's what we've been talking about. I want you to go with me to Psalm 42 as we talk about this spiritual dehydration and it being deer season. I think David was out deer hunting and he saw this deer and got a whole message from this dehydrated deer. Are you with me? I'm going to try to connect with everybody today. And last week I talked to you about how revival is the difference between power steering fluid. It's hard to drive a car without power steering. It's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to do life without the presence of the Lord. Well, the presence of the Lord is like that power steering. He makes it easier. He makes life easier. And that's what we need revival for again. So once you go to Psalm 42, once you stand to your feet and we'll read this passage together, we'll pray, then you can be seated. And then we're going to talk about some symptoms of spiritual dehydration uh, and having that hunger for God. Uh, last week, just to let you know, we, we kicked off this thing about uh, revival, and I talked about when revival comes. Well, I want to take a few weeks and talk about how revival comes. There was a man we looked at last week in Luke 5 that was paralyzed, and he was carried by four men to Jesus, and Jesus healed him. Those four men represent, if you will, the four ingredients to bring that revival comes. And I ran out of time, and I tried to fit it all in. Man, there was such a great response, and everyone was like, man, that was so good. What was this point? What was that point? And I said, you know what? We don't need to go on to another sermon. Let's just sit right here and talk about revival for some time. Let's sit right here and talk about what God wants to do and, and how to get the presence of the Lord in our life. Because this changes everything is when we learn to walk in his presence. So that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks is just take our time and look at what these four men represent. 
And the first man who I believe led the way to revival was the guy that would represent spiritual hunger or desire. He's the guy that said, hey man, let's go, let's go to church. Let's do something different in our life. Let's have a change in our marriage or change in our family. That's hunger. And that's what we need. That's the first thing that uh, brings in revival is when we're hungry for him. Are you with me? Psalm 42, David is there, the great king, and he's, he's not allowed to come to church. Let me give you some context. This was written, and they don't know exactly when, but there was only two times that David missed church in his entire life. One time, it was because his mentor ch- turned on him. His best friend turned on him and tried to kill him. And so it drove him away from God. So we don't know if he wrote this during that time, or it was the second time when his son tried to kill him. He had a family problem, his, a very dysfunctional family, King David did, and his family prevented him from coming to church. I don't know what the enemy has tried to do in your life, but I tell you what, there is an enemy out there, and his job is to prevent you from the presence of God, to confuse you about what God in church means, to, to, to get you distracted, to get you offended, to get you tangled up into an old bad habit, to get you get you off into the world, but it's a distraction from the Lord and when that ha- from the enemy. And when that happens, you will become spiritually dehydrated. And that's what happened here in King David. So verse 1, he says, As the deer pants for the water, because he's dehydrated. David saw this. And he said, So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before you, God? My tears have become my food day and night. While they say to me, where is your God? And then when I remember these things, when he remembers being in the presence of God, when he remembers being in the presence of the Lord, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I used to be in there. Pastor Eddie, I used to be on fire for God. I I, I used to be passionate for the Lord, but man, I've become hydrated, dehydrated like this deer and this, this, I mean, I'm so far from God in my spirit. I know I, I need something, but I don't know what it is. And then I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and with praise. Father, we just thank you for your word right now. And we thank you, God, that you have the answer. And Lord, I pray for everybody in this building, everybody watching online. Lord, whoever watches this message today, God, that Lord, you would trigger a hunger and a thirst for your presence. Draw us closer to you, Father, so we can be filled with your glory. And we can see you make a difference in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat this morning. Give me a few minutes as I bring this out and then we want to pray and see what the Lord does. But I want you to know something today. I want you to know this in the beginning that there is a blessing and favor of God for those who desire him. Let me try that again. I did not go. There is, there is blessing. How many like to get blessed? There is favor. How many would like to be favored? Favor is, is short for favorite, right? You love all your kids, but sometimes when our kids behave a certain way, they gain your favor. Come on, somebody. They can't earn your love, but they can earn your favor. Someone say amen. Well, God loves us regardless of what we've done. You cannot earn the love of God. He's always going to love us the same, but you can't earn his favor. Come on, are you with me? 
And one of the ways that you earn favor, and favor is wonderful. I can work for a Fortune 500 company and a very successful business person, and you can too. And that person be the most wealthiest person in the area. And you just be a janitor for that company. But if you've got the favor of the Lord on your life, it will be better for you than it is with that CEO. That's favor. That's the favor. The Lord came to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and said, you are highly favored of the Lord. She wasn't very rich. She wasn't famous. She was, she was at the bottom of the statistic of the pecking order. But she had the favor of God on her life. And God chose her to bring the son of, G- of God, the Messiah. And you need favor. Tell the person next to you, you need favor. You need favor. Not flavor, flavor, not flavor. You need favor. Come on, somebody. You need favor. Everybody with me? Okay. You need the favor of, of God on your life. Well, you get the favor and you get the blessing of God by desiring him. Look at the scripture. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Everyone reads the scripture and they go, okay, well, he's promising that we're going to be filled. Yes, he does. And that's going to happen. But I want you to see the very first part of that verse. He proclaims a blessing on those who are already hungry and thirsty. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst. Why? Because not everybody's hungry. Not everybody's thirsty. But if you will be thirsty... If you will be hungry for God, blessed are you. Blessed are you when you're coming in. Blessed are you when you're going out. You you will walk in this favor and blessing of the Lord by simply having a desire for God. God is looking for people that that serve Him out of desire and not out of duty. Come on, somebody. Just like in a marriage, how many would love to be married to somebody who don't desire you but just is there because that's their duty? Come on, somebody. I mean, I... Melinda and I do a lot of marriage counseling and, and we have had some situations that are very similar to this and it happens with couples that are married. They just fall into the duty mode and there's no desire and passion. And it's awesome when they just simply begin to make some small adjustments how that desire is able to be rekindled in their life and they get back on fire for the Lord or, or for their spouse, fall in love with their spouse again and get that passion again. But you can, you can live your life in routine in every area of your life. And have no passion and desire. God says, for those that desire me, I'm going to give you favor. I'm going to give you... I wish I could walk in this all the time, but I have struggled myself when I just get into the mode of, of the routine. But uh, here re- recently, talking about revival, man, it's just been, it's been awesome. Been walking in the favor of the Lord, been sensing... I mean, just the little things that God's been doing. You know what's favor. Uh, yet, like yesterday, like I mentioned, I've been trying to get back into deer hunting and getting back into a hobby or something. So I've been sitting in the woods. I ain't been doing a lot of hunting, but sitting in the woods. And so anyway, um, God speaks to you and stuff like that. So we had a lot of stuff this week. Little Elias James, my grandson, yeah, he's at home right now. He's getting a little better, but he got, he got sick. He's only two months old. So we were praying. I mean, just a lot of stuff happened this week. And, and Saturday mo- yesterday morning, I tried to go out in the woods again and pray and be with the Lord and and if a deer comes, then amen. And if not, and so uh, did that. Then I came to the men's breakfast, man, and it was so delicious and so awesome. And uh, like I mentioned, it yesterday was great, but I had to leave uh, and go. And it was on my way, had to be somewhere. And on the way home, my, my uh, light came on to fill my tire with air. And, uh, you know, it just, it's not a leak or something, but it's just because of the cold weather. And, uh, and so the little thing went off, and I looked, and I seen all four of my tires. You know how it does it to show you the, the pressure. And one of them was getting ready to go off. So I was like, oh, man, i got to stop and pay $1.50 for air. It's the dumbest thing ever. Who invented 
$1.50 for air. I hate that. That's a huge pep. I hate that. I'm not going to pay that. So I'm sitting there going, oh God, I just wish you could just like blow air in my tire, right? I mean, I hate to do this. So I said, wait, there's a bell tire by my house and they give free air. But every time I go there, the machine's broken. I'm telling you. I'm saying, what's wrong? You got one job, dude. One job. Put air in it. So I'm sitting there and I said, man, I got to get air. I got to go visit this person and this was happening and all this. I'm tired. And I just, and I looked and I got off on 94 on Ecorse Road. I live down river and, uh, amen, make the drive. But a church that's alive is worth the drive. Come on, somebody. So anyway, amen. And so I get off at Ecorse Road and I seen this gas station and I never even been to this gas station, but it had an air thing. And I said, okay, maybe it's 50 cents. Maybe, you know, it's 75 cents. That's a real pet peeve of mine. I pull in and I look and it's a nice machine. It's the kind that has the uh, gauge, pressure gauge on it. So you can tell your thing, I don't even got to get my little gauge on. I was like, cool, this is going to be cool. Pulled up and someone had paid, had paid for air and the machine was already on. <laughs> Favor of the Lord. I had enough to do both them tires. Come on, somebody. As soon as I was done, it went, I said, favor of the Lord is in this house. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Favor of the Lord. And you're coming in and you're going out. That's the favor of the Lord in everything that you do. How many want that favor of God? It's just that favor of the Lord. When you're in revival, when you're walking in step with him, man, that's exactly what you'll experience is the favor of the Lord. But in Psalm 42, let me get into this. The psalmist here, he's experiencing extreme sorrow and fatigue. He, he's dehydrated. And, he, and he's, in, in this psalm, you'll read, he says things like, Lord, I've poured out my soul. My soul is downcast. I, I, I'm hurt. He said, I, my tears have become my food. Have you ever been so upset that you couldn't even eat and you just wept and you were in a season of weeping and, and mourning and sorrowful and your tears, uh, your hot tears down your face and that's the only thing that has entered your body. I mean, that's a very dark time if you've ever been there like that. Well, David is having one of those seasons and, and he's just reflecting on life and he said, man, my life is messed up and Lord, I, I look at this deer and he's, he's dehydrated and and, and he is thirsting. He's wanting and needing that water. If I love David, he said, I'm needing you, God. I, I know you're the only one that can fix this problem. You're the only one that can heal my broken soul that is downcast, that is depressed. The word actually means depressed. And he said, God, you are the only one that can heal my soul. And there's some parallels here that I, that I want to give you about spiritual dehydration. To see where you and I are on this place. And I'm going to show you how we can get filled by the presence of the Lord. You look up how to be hydrated or the importance of being hydrated. And you'll find some very interesting things about this. That we can survive without food for over a month. You can go a month without eating. I don't want to try that, but I'll just say that's true. But you can only go two to three days without water. And here's another thing. Although our bodies are, are made up of mostly water, do you know that our bodies cannot manufacture water on our own? You have to go to an outside source to, to be hydrated. Can I tell you that the, the, the answer to our problems is not in our inner self? Can I tell you, no, much, no matter how much meditating or alone time or whatever you may do to try to find the answer is not in, your, in yourself. 
The presence of God. You cannot, you cannot fix yourself. No matter how much meditation or, or crystals or incense you may burn. You've got to go to an outside source. Just like you do for water. And that outside source, I'm going to tell you right now, is the presence of God. It's His where He feeds your spirit and He heals your soul. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about lighting candles and, and praying the rosary and, and, and going and attending and sitting in the building. Uh, that is all good. But it's not about people sitting in the building. But God is looking for those who desire to be in the body of Christ. Those those who are desiring. Then there's one thing to be here. It's another thing to want to be here. Come on, somebody. That's desire. That's not duty. That's desire and, and loving Him and having compa- uh, passion for Him. But you can't find it within yourself. But the very first thing that you begin to lose, let me just give you a couple of these. The very first thing that uh, actually a deer will begin to lose when it is hydrated is the, is the capacity to hear. The capacity to hear. This is called an ear curling. When a, when a deer will begin, to, its ears will curl when they get super and severely dehydrated. But you lose the ability to hear. Can I tell you one of the saddest stories in the Bible is King Saul when he lost the ability to hear from God. I said he lost his ability to hear from God. Here was a man that God chose. God had his hand on his life and pulled him out of the crowd, pulled him out of the family, said, I want you to be the king. The people wanted him. God actually knew that he wasn't going to work out, but people argued with God. How many know you can argue with God? God can say don't, but you can keep forcing it and forcing it. And God say, no, I want you to stay. I want you to be right here in my presence. I want you to, I'm the answer. And we can be like, no, no, and try to get ahead of God. And finally, you know what? It's a teaching in the Bible. God will say, go ahead with your bad self. He'll say, go ahead. Go ahead and do what I keep telling you not to do. Israel did this and brought a plague on them. Well, Saul was one of them. God said, uh, uh, he's not the guy, but Israel was like, yeah, we want him because everybody else has a guy like him. Everybody else on social media says that we need to be like this and everybody else says that I need to be like this. You can get caught up into that. And Israel did, so they got this guy. And he did start out right. He did start out in the beginning. He had a chance. God gave him a chance. But as soon as he got popular, and as soon as he got a little bit of uh, traffic on his social media, as soon as he got a little, little bit of money in the bank, as soon as he got a little, you know, this new job with a lot of money coming in, he soon began to drift away from God, and he didn't spend time in the presence of the Lord. And you'll find in Saul's life that he never, ever even built one altar in his entire life. But he did build a statue of himself. We got a problem in our society today where it's all about the filters. It's all about ourself. We worship the God of self. You know this. I know this. It's all about what makes you happy. It's all about you and your, 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 your health and all of that. And emotional health is very important and all that. But we have taken it to another whole level. And it's this made this thing about you got to look good and we'll spend 20 minutes and, and, and you know, uh, trying to on these, get the right picture. And we all do that and, and we can get caught up into that, into that selfishness and that self-centeredness but if we don't watch ourselves we'll soon start to drift from the Lord we'll take you know all this time to take care of our, our make sure we look good in front of everybody but we're not spending no time with God we're not in prayer we're not following him and next thing you know we begin to lose our ability to hear from God the Bible says that Saul uh, he could not hear from God the Lord would not answer him by dreams or by prophet so he went and he sought out a medium a seer someone who was involved in witchcraft and can a fortune teller he got so desperate that he went to a fortune teller to try to help him because he could not hear from God 
You want to contrast that with somebody named Moses in the Bible. Moses was a person who loved the presence of God. Moses was somebody who said, God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going to go. He wasn't like Saul. He wasn't like Israel that said, God, we want it to happen. And God said, I don't want you to do it. No, Moses didn't do that. Moses said, Lord, if you ain't in this, then I'm not going to do it. Lord, if you're not in this relationship, I'm not even going to try it. If you're not even in this big decision, then God, I'm not even going to. Because if you ain't in it, then nothing else is important to me. I love your presence. Come on, I wish I had some people today that love the presence of the Lord. Am I at the right church this morning? Come on, give him a praise break this morning. If you need some, you, you respond to that. And, you, and God's seen that in Moses' life from an early age. Moses, again, was like David. He was out in the woods. He was at a very tough time in his life. He was on the backside of the, the wilderness. He had to run from Egypt. His family, uh, his, he ended up messing up, and he was on the back uh, side of the wilderness there. Thought God forgot him. And he's walking around, and he sees this bush on fire. And he looks at that fiery, that bush that's on fire. And he says to himself, the Bible says, he said within himself, I am curious to why that is burning and not consumed. In the Bible, I want you to see this verse right here. Exodus says, so when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God spoke to Moses. I want you to see that. Moses would have missed his entire destiny if he did not have that desire to want to know God. To want to know what that thing was. He could have stood there and said, that bush is burning. Hmm, that's very interesting. I wonder who set that on fire. You know, that's kind of crazy. Well, it's not by nobody or nothing. So come on, sheep, let's just go right back to the life. Right back to our... And he would have missed everything that God had for him. But it was the fact that he was... He had a desire. He didn't have a huge desire. He didn't know that God was going to choose him to lead Egypt or, or, or his people out of Egypt. He didn't know all of that. It just starts with a little desire. I'm talking to some folks here today that you don't got a lot of things going on, but as long as you got a little desire to say, hey, I want to know a little bit more about this God. I, I, I don't understand what has happened in my life. I don't even understand the season of life I'm in. But if there's something inside of you that just has a little bit of a desire to want to know God a little bit more, if you just have a little will in your life and say, God, there's got to be more to life than this. If you are out there, then I want to know a little bit more about you. That's all. All God is looking for today. That's all he's looking for today. I believe God had his entire destiny just put to the side. And his angels of the Lord and everybody was ready to go to work and begin to move people. There are things right now God is preparing for you. And it's all hinged on the moment you are in right now. That's a big statement, Pastor Eddie. I believe it with all my heart. I believe these are, these are these moments in our life that God will show himself and will put something in front of us to see exactly how you're going to respond. This is one of them today. What is going on in your life? Where are you? Are you, are you at the crossroads and you have an opportunity to go this way? Maybe you said in your heart, this is your last service at River of Life. And you're either watching or you're here in the building. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But maybe you have. I want you to know, don't go that way. Maybe there's something in your heart that's causing you to be at that, that valley of decision. This is not in my notes. This is for somebody today. 
The Lord says he's, gonna, he's got a bush burning right in front of you today. And it says, bald-headed preacher with a brown sweater on. Hallelujah. I got my own heating system right now. It's flaming. It's... God is saying, are you interested in what that preacher is saying today? Is there anything in you at all that has a desire for God? Not church, not religion. You can have that till you're blue in the face. It has a place for religion, but I'm talking about a relationship with God. How many want a relationship with the creator of the heavens and earth? That's what I'm talking about. That'll change your life. This religion over here, it's nothing. It'll change your schedule. God said, I don't want to change your schedule. I can put a new Chick-fil-A in your neighborhood and it'll do that. Except for on Sundays because they are anointed chicken nuggets from God. Amen. Hallelujah. But God said, I want to not change your schedule. I want to change your life. But it all determines on how thirsty you are today. So let me put this message out here today. We had an awesome worship. The presence of the Lord is in this place right now. I feel so much freedom right now talking. I could preach for three hours. You see that? That's freedom. That, that's the liberty in this place. And I love, I, thought, I grew up in that. I, I was brought up teaching and preaching by my dad in revival. And once you have revival, you can have church. You know what I'm saying? It's like tasting something real, real good for the very first time. Like that meatloaf from the uh, Cheesecake Factory. Come on, somebody. Isn't that good? You taste something real good, and it, it, it'll change your life. I'll tell you, you, you seek your teeth into the presence of the Lord. You, you, you get to that place, and David said, I seen this deer being thirsty for water, and something triggered in him. And said, I remember how it was when I would feel the presence of the Lord in the house of the Lord. God, I don't know how I got out here. I don't know how I got all offended and all messed up in my mind and all mad. I let everybody just dictate to me, and now I got myself all messed up. I remember how it was in the presence of the Lord. And God said, okay. Let me see what you're going to do, Moses. And the Bible says when Moses said, okay, I'm going to go see more about this. Then the Lord said, okay, guys, go. Go. Go prepare my people. Prepare my people. And the Bible says Pharaoh began to double the labor on the Jews. Why? Because the enemy knew that his, his deliverer was coming. And the enemy will fight just twice as hard in your life right before he's bringing a deliverance. Oh, man, I feel like my whole family's going apart or going, falling apart. I feel like, man, I ain't, I ain't got no, I got this going wrong. I got that going wrong. Well, that's good news because deliverance is coming your way. Deliverance is coming your way. They had no idea that this man named Moses was on the way on the backside of the desert having this encounter with God. But God said, now it's time. Look at my, I can use that. He don't have a lot of things. He's got a little temper problem, which really does get the best of him. But he says, you know what? He's got that hunger and I can use a man that's hungry. You don't got to be all, you know, polished and, and have all checked every box. All I need is somebody that is hungry for me. Tell the woman with the issue of blood, you don't got to get it all right honey you just gotta have a desire for me you gotta have a desire for me and i'll take care of everything else hallelujah are you thirsty for him and moses began to hear from god see because when you begin to get dehydrated you lose that ability to hear from god but moses as soon as he began to learn the presence of god ain't nobody talked to god like moses 
Moses would build a tent. It was called the tent of meetings. And the glory of God would come down on that tent. And the people of the Israel, the Bible says it was so cool looking. Each one would come out in front of their tent and just watch. You're talking a million Jewish people, a million of them at least. That's just the men. Whenever the glory fell and Moses built him a little tent, a little pray, prayer tent, a little place where he would meet with God outside of everybody else. Sometimes you got to get outside that little circle of yours. And I'll get to that in a minute. So Moses had to build it and the glory of the Lord would come down and spend time with him. And the Bible says he would talk with God as a friend talks to another friend face to face. You'd have the church. I'll take that any day of the week, brother. Any day. How would you love God to just show up in your bedroom tomorrow morning with a cloud just right there? And you just get up and hit them knees. I wonder how many of us are going, get out of the way. I got to go to work, make that money. Hallelujah. Moses said, I want to hear from you, God. I desire your presence more than anything else. When you get to that place, church, then you start to see the miraculous happening. I'm telling you, just everything is, t- everything, God touches everything through that. Even if it's getting air in your tire, I'm telling you, it works. Second thing, I got to keep going. I want to show you this. I want to see where you are. Second thing is you begin to lose your ability to see. You begin to lose that ability to see that vision. When you get dehydrated, you can't see. A deer cannot see. They'll walk right into the enemy's trap. See, there are certain things that we are called to run away from. And you can't run away unless you don't see it. But having the vision is exactly what the Lord says. When you're in my presence, I'll give you vision to be able to see. Mary and Martha are two people in the Bible who who were, were always used an example. One was Martha was working and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And Martha was doing all the physical work and the heavy lifting. And, and I'm not going to hate on Martha because you need work. We need work. The work's got to get done. I don't know why, Mary, you know, Mary was, maybe Mary couldn't cook. I don't know. She would have ruined the whole meal. I don't know. But Jesus did make this one point. Mary has chosen the one thing that is needed. What Martha was doing was important, but it wasn't needed. You got things going on in your life. It's important, but you only got one thing that is needed. And Jesus said this, she has chosen, someone say desire. She has chosen that good thing and it will not be taken from her. See, when you and I choose to spend time in the presence of the Lord, that's when the Lord will begin to say, hey, I'm going to give you some vision. And you're not so robotic. You're able to dream. You're able, you're able to have creativity. You're able to see what God is speaking to your life. You're able to see things. Have vision for your life. See yourself serving the Lord five and ten years from now. When I first got saved and began to spend time with the presence of the Lord, I was 25 years old, man. And I remember, I I, I didn't know, and my pastor one time said, where do you see yourself five years from now? I have never had nobody ask me that. And he's talking about not in life, but in God. And and I'm naming it because I thought he meant, you know, this is a test. i got to tell him what my plan is. Well, I was going to work here. He said, no, I'm talking about with the Lord. You ain't said nothing about God and none of that. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. He said, can you see yourself in church worshiping God with your family? And I'm glad he did that because God did the same thing to Abraham. God said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many children. And he was like, okay, a lot of kids, right? Some of y'all, that would not be a blessing. But with Abraham, it was. But I love what God did. God said, I want you to come outside because you need to see what I'm talking about. 
Come outside, Abram, and look up into the stars. And when you see those stars in the heaven, that's an illustrated sermon. I want you to visualize. That is how great I'm going to make your name and your descendants like that. You've got to visualize that. You ain't going to have no vision if we're dehydrated. If we ain't spending time in a God, we have no vision for our life. And you got no vision, you have no purpose, and you're mixed up on your identity. But when you know who you are, you know why you are here, and you know where you are going. You get that from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And lastly, you lose the ability to run. This is what I was saying. There are certain things that we are called to run away from. There are certain things that we're called to run away. And you ain't going to run away when you're weak, when you're dehydrated. There are certain things that the Lord said, I'm calling you out of this. That's what I love about revival. That's what I love about being revived. You start paying attention to stuff. When you get dehydrated, man, you don't even know who you're hanging with. You don't even know what, 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 who you're hanging. You don't even know what's going on. You just follow the crowd. You just go right. You're like in a daze. That's how we are when we, when we get spiritually dehydrated. We just do what everybody else is doing. But God said, no, I've called you out. There are certain things that you need to run away from. If you look in the Bible and you keep going over all these scriptures that talk about flee this thing and flee that thing. You could do a word study on it. And the scriptures are filled with instructions about running away. From things that trap you up. There's a couple right here in uh, the book of Timothy. Paul is talking to a young man. And he says, Timothy, but you, O man, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and patience. What things are we talking about? Well, if you read the story, he's talking about greed and money. He's talking about money in that context. Ain't nothing wrong having money. But it is wrong when money has you. And God says... Timothy, because everybody was caught up at his age, talking about making that money and all that. And God said to him, flee that thing. Flee that avaristic, greedy attitude where it's all about the dollars and cents. He said, don't be that way. Flee those things. Flee those things. Flee those things. Then he says it again. Flee youthful lusts. This is sinful cravings. There are youthful lusts and then there are older lusts. There are some things that I'm not tempted to do that I did when I was 14. Amen. Some people are thankful for them years are over. How many are thankful that your teenage years are over? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praying for you guys. But I will tell you, once you get out of that season of life and you become an adult, you have another whole set of temptations that's right there. Because now you're old enough to do whatever you want to do. And it's totally different when you're 14 and 15. How many know what I'm talking about? But these sinful cravings are always going to be there. But when you and I are spiritually dehydrated, we will go to them. We will go to them quicker than anything because it's a, it's a quick way to, he says, flee these things, I love this, and pursue righteousness and with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I love that, with those. He says, I'll give you a little hint. It has a lot to do with who you're hanging around with. There are, there are some, things, some people you just got to get away from. God will pull you out when he's, when he's wanting to do something in your life or he'll, he'll put it in front of you and, and see if you will come out. He done told us to come out and, and, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the ungodly thing. He'll put it there. But you have, you're like Moses. Am I going to do this or am I going to go this way? It's again, it's that choice. It's that desire. Talking about desire this morning. It's that hunger. God says, flee the, the sinful lusts, but pursue. Righteousness, pursue God with those. You know, good friendships aren't found. They're formed. 
And it takes time to, to get in with them and, and, and to get to know people and to have some friendship and a village around you. And, and I thank God for this church. I thank God's what churches are supposed to be for. The early church was like that in the book of Acts. They had a, a group of people. You may not know everybody and you may not be everybody's best friend, but I guarantee there's somebody in this ministry, in this church, that you can connect with. Just like a finger connects to a hand and a hand connects to the arm. The hand ain't going to connect to the knee. You may not get along with me, bro. You may not like meatloaf from the Cheesecake Factory or the Detroit Lions. You may be a hockey guy, and that's fine. God bless you. You may be a NASCAR. But you know what? We, that's okay. That's okay. But there's somebody here that likes NASCAR. Who likes NASCAR? Is there anybody? There's one right. Look at here. Boom, boom, boom. If you like NASCAR, there you go, brother. Now, don't hate me because I just said I don't like NASCAR either. See how quick he sometimes, oh, he don't like NASCAR. I hate meatloaf. But you got to get, God says, I want you to get in with somebody. Because when you get in with somebody like that, you got somebody, you're not doing life alone. You got somebody that's going to help you. And what God did with Moses, when Moses found the presence of God, God said, Moses, I'm going to bring you Aaron. Happened to be his family. Sometimes God uses family. Some of y'all run from your family. Sometimes God puts your family together. (laughs) Hallelujah. He said, Moses, I'm going to have you and Aaron. And he began to build that friendship. And he began to go. I'm going to get down to the bottom, but I want, us to, I want us to have a moment of prayer this morning. Are you f- feeling spiritually dehydrated? Do you see yourself in any of these today? Are you losing the ability to hear from God? And I don't want to be uh, getting on you. Just This is a check for me. I've gotten away from God sometimes and, and alone with God and said, God, I feel like I'm drifting. I'm not able to hear from you anymore. Are you testing me? Because sometimes the teacher's always silent during test time. And so sometimes it's a season of testing. But other times it's, it's me and us, most of the time, drifting from spending time with the Lord. And he said, I can't speak to you. You don't have me time. I can't speak to you when you're driving. I do my prayer drive. You need to drive, bro. Okay? I pray while I work. Well, that's why your work is probably not as good as it could be. Come on, somebody. Amen. Well, they're just hindering me from doing God's will. No, they're paying you to work. Amen. Well, I got late to work because I was in my prayer closet. And they just got to understand. I'll rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Your boss will say, your check will be pink this week. Amen. Because you're, and the Bible says we're paid, we're, you know, we need to do our jobs like that. Get up a little bit earlier. Don't bring God in that situation. Come on, somebody. That's for somebody. Hallelujah. But spend time with God. God says, I want you to take time. Be intentional. You got to get water from an outside source. You got to be intentional about getting the presence of the God. And our, our culture today, I mean, I don't know what happened. That's why I've been preaching on this revival. It's like COVID and 2020 just did something to America, didn't it? It just, it just did something to us and churches and it's the way we feel and the way we look at people and the way we just, I don't know, it's done something. I think what it's done, the enemy has done a great job through all of this is by getting us to not spend time in the presence of God like we used to. We got so many different excuses, but we just, we need to get away from that. I could tell you about Jehoshaphat, but I'm not. I'm going to end it like this. A deer will do something different than a dog will do when they're severely dehydrated. I want the worship team, go ahead, worship team, come, start coming. So I'll stop preaching. But there's something, a dog laps water when it, when it gets very thirsty or dehydrated. 
As David saw this deer, maybe this is something that he saw, but a deer, when they get severely hydrated, their pores open, and they release an odor of death. And it's one of the last things that an animal will do, certain animals will do, before they die from dehydration. Well, a deer will come to the water, and he will fully emerge himself into the water. He'll get totally into the water, and he'll wash that stench of of death off of him. And he begins to get it off of him. And then he'll begin to just hydrate himself. And when he does that, he begins to get his vision back. He begins to get his hearing back. He begins to get his strength back in his presence. And if you read Psalm, David goes on and he goes on and he says, It's in the presence of the Lord. He looked at that deer and he remembered the presence of the Lord. Listen, only God's presence can heal a soul. Only God's presence can heal that. So only God's presence can heal a soul that is downcast, that is broken, that is hurting. Not religion, but his presence. You got to get into that water. You got to fully emerge. You got to get into the water. I just wonder if David saw that and he was like, yeah. And you read David's life and he went in and he would, the Bible says he would just sit in the presence of the Lord and just allow himself before he made, he wasn't like Saul. Saul would just make decisions on his own, but David would always inquire of the Lord. Same with Moses. In fact, when Joshua came up, the very first time young Joshua is mentioned in the Bible before he becomes a commander. The Bible says Moses was leaving the tent of meetings one day and Joshua, a young man, stayed at the temple of the Lord. What was happening? God was doing it again for the next generation. Just like he did Moses with the burning bush. God said, I'm already got the next generation set up. I'm already looking for the young people that are looking at the Lord today and saying, I want to get more of God. I'm wanting more of the presence. You can have Snapchat and all that. That You want to get all into that? I mean, social media and all that. Everybody's telling me to do this, but I'm just hungry for the presence of the Lord. Is anybody here hungry for the presence of the Lord? Is anybody here thirsty for the presence of the Lord? Are you dehydrated today in your spirit? If you're spiritually dehydrated, won't you stand to your feet today? Come on, we we were worshiping earlier. And let's just invite the presence of the Lord today. Are you spiritually dehydrated today? Won't you stand? If that's you say, that's me today. And I need to get into the presence of the Lord today been preaching about revival. I don't want to just preach revival. I love what I'm seeing and feeling and hearing in the church what God is doing. We could be on the very beginning and on the brink of another awakening and a revival. Wouldn't that be amazing? But you know what? It's got to start with us. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen